0: Yeah, no
1: problem. Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab and modular housing industry to learn about them um, and make it easier um, for you to make the best decisions about your next project. Today, we're interviewing Steve Vallejos. I hope I got that name right. Uh, the president at Prefab Review. Welcome, Steve. Hi. Hi. Uh, Well, anyway, thanks so much for uh, joining and very excited to learn about your company and also to deep dive uh, generally into uh, ADUs in California. We get a lot of interest in them here. Uh, But first, I just wanted to uh, learn a bit about you and how do you get into this business?
0: Um, Well, we're... we're kind of the old players at this space. We um, we got introduced to the idea of, of accessory dwelling units back in 2005 when uh, one of the, the uh, modular factories I was working with um, tried to launch a product but wasn't really having any success. So they asked us to see if there's any way to get any traction with this. And so that was kind of our introduction to um, even understanding that there was legislation passed in 2003, allowing it everywhere
1: in the state. So... Yeah. That's, that's when we got our start. Got it. Um, and can can you just tell me a little bit more about your company? Like, um, what are you building at your core? Like, what are the variety, what makes your product sort of different or better than others?
0: So, um, we're, I, I wear two hats. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a general contractor and my, my company Valley home development is where we really, really got our start in this. And, um, and then, um, I'm running prefab ADU, which is essentially our, our panel uh, our panel production uh, factory doing do ADU design so and, and builds. Um, but you know we we've tried we've tried every mechanism and 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 technique out there from conventional building through every type of prefab option, and and um, and we originally did a lot of uh, of little modular and manufactured homes when when we got started in the space working in rural and suburban areas, but as we started to get a lot more requests in urban areas, we found that it was getting harder and harder to either roll set or crane set units in um, because there's no side access and lots of power lines overhead as we had into urban areas. So it just led to a scenario where um, our choices were either go back to conventional building or take on some other type of prefab method. So we looked at, we looked at um, SIPS and um, and panelized products, and, mm-hmm. and in the end, we we went with uh, panelized products mainly because here in California at the time, and I, I don't know if this has been resolved yet, but SIPS were not um, passing uh, seismic zone D um, certification, and uh, and of course, pretty much everything in California is seismic zone D, so um, so it, it led us to down the path of of you know working with outside panelized companies. Um, and then ultimately just deciding that it's it's just better if we just do this ourselves, um, since the panel companies are more catering towards larger single family homes. And also that was an issue with a lot of the mod and, and manufacturer companies as well. They just they have big factories and they're not really designed to run smaller units down their production um, because their production line costs are, are are much higher and there's kind of a, a sweet spot for them. And it's usually a lot larger than, than some of the ADUs we build.
1: Got it. So just so just understand when you're saying um, you're running panelized, that means you're uh, basically uh, flat packing these uh, and then bring them to site that way and then kind of assembling the panels on site. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're 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 going a little further than what the conventional panelized factories were doing. Um, they would only build walls. Um, and occasionally throw in windows and things like that. Um, we're taking them through, uh, through sheathing and actually doing rough. so our, our intent was to find ways to do this, um, but try and kind of come somewhere closer to what you get with a mod where you're cutting down a lot more of the, um, you know, the skilled labor requirements in the field, um, which are very costly in California, um, and finding ways to do more of that in a production way.
1: Got it. That makes sense. And so, and then you, and then your company, so in addition to doing sort of the prefabrication side, your company is then doing the kind of local services side as well in terms of like the stitch and the set and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was the way to get it started was we were testing out the theory of if this, is this, is this something that would work if we took over the panel production from uh, the outside organizations. And then, um, and then last year we kind of came to the reality that, um, okay, well, as we move into this year and next year um, the demand is increasing greater than our, con- than our contractor ability. So now we're, now we're in the phase of forming relationships with, um, you know, contractors. So you're building a builder network. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Got it. That makes sense. Uh, it's probably that's a good problem to have. Um, so will you guys, so just to sort of jumping ahead, but so from, actually let's jump back and then we'll, we'll jump into it. So let's go, go through. So, let's go through on the prefab ADU side yeah like what basically what are you building are you, like right like i know 1200 square feet is sort of the magic number and to some extent i think it's a thousand square feet depending on what laws you're uh sort of listening to um but yeah i what are the what are sort of the configurations how many models are you making is it mostly custom stuff it'd be great to understand a little bit more about your products
0: yeah. So, in order for most factories to succeed, um, you know, the key is, um, you know, sticking to the idea of standardizing, um, and that's that's really where the economics play in favor for the consumer. So, along that, along those lines, um, we we started the organization with a long history of of doing this, and and so we launched with um, we launched with ten models and they they range from 150 square feet which is all the way down to the bare minimum of what the state will allow as what they call an efficiency unit so it's a little studio on up to our our biggest standardized plan is a thousand square feet Um, and it can be bumped up to 1200 if if people want it to be Um, but and we have kind of you know, in that 10, 10 plan range, there's kind of everything all along that path. And and so what we've got is we've got an array of plans that fit an array of budgets and and properties um, in terms of what zoning will allow. Um, and, and all of these are tried and tested products that we've done, you know, essentially for over
1: the last 15 years. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and then coming t- <laughs> back in the service. So in addition to just sort of, it sounds like you guys are still doing the local building um, part on a lot of the areas. Um, But you're, as you said, you're looking to expand. Um, When you talk about services, are you doing the permitting? Are you doing foundations? Uh, Yeah. What, what, like what part of this do you sort of bite off?
0: Well, when when I'm, when I'm wearing the prefab ADU hat, we are the, um, we're the, uh, let's let's call it design permitting and, and the, um, and the kit building uh, organization Um, from, from that, point on it, it hands over to the contractor who is doing the, you know, the foundation, um, the, uh, the setup of the kit and then all the finished work necessary to take it to finish.
1: Awesome. Um, and okay. And it sounds like you could be the contractor in that situation as well, but it could also be a, uh, whatever, a second party or third party
0: yeah we we actually have a handful of contractors who are working under us right now getting training so that um, they can spin off and actually do direct um, direct installations with the consumers. And we also have a team down in LA and San Diego who are um, working on getting the uh, getting to the finish line with us on um, on our on our what you I guess would call it, like a
1: dealer network program so that we can launch into those areas that's cool. Um, and then what, uh, what, so what that brings me to the question of what areas are you actually serving right now? Um, we've been serving the, what's called the nine barrier counties for,
0: uh, San Francisco Bay area. Um, so it's, it's like, I I don't know if anybody knows the area, but it's from, you know, from like San Jose on up to, um, uh, you know, Santa Rosa or beyond. Um, okay. So
1: basically wine country. To yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and then on the, on the, uh, East side, how far, how far do you, we, um, we,
0: we traditionally work again, that, that brings us over into cities like, uh, Walnut Creek or Livermore and, and on up into, um, where we actually reside now, which is, you know, Napa Fairfield area, um, the truth is that's where our general business is. we've worked up into Sacramento and up into the, the, you know, the, the, the mountain ranges, um, of the Sierra we've, we've gone down into Santa Cruz and Monterey and, and, and Morgan Hill. And so we, we're, 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 we're stretching out further and further, um, Demand has been great in all those areas and beyond, but we're, you know, as a contractor, we've got somewhat of limitations in terms of how far we go with the, uh, you know, d- with just being able to spread our manpower around.
1: That makes sense. And then in terms of, uh, what, what, uh, what is the average, uh, like price point, um, that you guys are dealing at on these different sizes and maybe you can, uh, this is a question. So, um, in terms of like our, our site, right. So we get, uh, inquiries constantly about what's this actually going to cost. So maybe you can break that down. I know there's a bunch of different parts of this, which is why people have a hard time answering sometimes, right? In terms of, right, sort of like the panelized costs and sort of, I know, right, San Francisco probably has a slightly different cost profile than like, I don't know, maybe then like Napa or Vallejo or maybe it doesn't. Um, But maybe you can kind of break down kind of what we'd be looking at kind of from local costs versus penalized costs on these kinds of areas.
0: Yeah. So, um, it, it it's, it's, it, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it is hard to just kind of generically price, um, everything, especially when you've got a wide array of, of, of products. Um, but generally speaking, our, our, um, our, our average product is, uh, right now it's running at about 400 square feet. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of small stuff because we're heavily, heavily doing work in urban areas. Um so on an on an average um four hundred square foot um build, I think our um hang on a second here. Let me pull out my pricing thing so I can not misquote it myself here. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um so we're we're looking at something that's about a hundred and forty five thousand dollars build for the whole thing, all in foundation up, taking it to the finish line. But when we actually look at um, the uh, the the panel kit the panel kit is is about thirty four thousand of that. So we represent um, as as the the kit manufacturer we represent about twenty to twenty five percent of the overall build cost on average. Um, and then the rest is tied to foundation and the full deliverable with all the finishes and everything. In
1: so, you, so you're saying that that would be like two hundred fifty dollars a square foot, sort of all in. Um, did I get that right? Four hundred over a hundred thousand
0: um no no it's it's um at uh what did i say 145. We're, no, 145. We're, i'm sorry I yeah get it, okay. in, in the bay area yeah. In the Bay area, we're averaging about three, I think it's about 365 right now, just kind of across the board. But as we get into the larger units, the costs go down. There's a, there's a weird metric that plays in on the ADUs a little bit differently than, um, than what people would expect. As we, as we go down in size, the cost per square foot goes up because essentially what you're doing is right. you still have a bathroom.
1: We, and we see that everywhere. Right. Okay. Yeah. You have right kitchens and stuff are expensive. Yeah. But but you know
0: what's funny is I get the question about cost per square foot a lot, but that's not where we really talk about economics when we're when we're working with our with the homeowners. What we're really focusing on is what does this really cost you it's It's like it's like when you go look at a car and you say, "Oh, I want that new Ford truck," and you're like, "Wow, that's a seventy thousand dollar truck." But then the dealer tells you, "Yeah, but that translates to about you know five six hundred dollars a month and and then that's really where the economics play in helping them understand how it fits for them. And what's important for our customers, and this is really a crucial thing, is that we weigh what the average cost would be once it's mortgaged into your into your property versus what the market rate rent would be. So, yeah. for instance, that same product. In in San Jose, let's say, which is one of our you know busy areas down there, um, that product would rent for about eighteen, almost nineteen hundred dollars a month, but mortgaged, um, rolled into your first mortgage, it's only about six hundred and ninety dollars a month in terms of added to your mortgage. So there's about a sixty three percent you know return monthly on the on your investment, and so that's where we spend a lot of our time educating the consumer about you know how this works for them, as opposed to just constantly talking about cost per square foot, which really doesn't measure anything other than just giving you something that
1: frightens you um, without understanding the value of what you're doing. That makes a ton of sense. Um, So I I do want to ask another cost question, but uh, I agree with you completely that there's certainly a lot of, from kind of a adding value, um, driving cash flow in the home, there's a lot of opportunities with ADUs um in terms of so let's just jump to back to cost for one second if we think about the bigger side just because right we sort of started with a smaller example yep. let's let's take your thousand um, square foot ADU, you um and let's say it sounds like you guys do stuff in like oakland or berkeley or um, san francisco like an expensive area right um what 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 are we looking at for the cost of like a thousand square foot assuming we have a place we can put it so you're
0: you're probably going to come in at maybe 3 320 dollars 340 um, um you know for the total build costs mm-hmm. um, it, it, for for something like that and then um, and then that unit that unit um, again I'm I'm looking at a San Jose chart right now that shows me um, right, uh, yeah that that unit would rent for about um, almost $3200 a month so mortgage that particular product would be about 17 to your, to your mortgage. So again, you're, you're making them, you know, 45% over your, um, you know, your monthly costs on this. If you're, if you're renting it out at a market rate, but right. you know, uh, can I, can I share something with you too? Cause this is always an interesting thing. There's a, there's a lot of confusion about the ADU industry and, and everybody thinks about it as, as economics returns and profitability. Mm-hmm. The truth is as, as somebody who's been doing this for 15 years, our, our business still remains 80%, um, of of our customers are people who are doing this for family. So that would be somebody doing it for aging parent or, or kids who are you know, what we call the boomerang situation where they've launched, but then come back because it's hard to, it's hard to find housing. So with that um, we're not really dealing with people who are trying to find ways to make income as much as we're trying to find ways to offset um, and, and get below market rate rents. So what that does is it puts us in a situation where we're constantly monitoring what's called AMI which is uh you know how does this represent area median median income in terms of housing mm-hmm. and that puts our products anywhere between 15% on the AMI to 55% on the AMI and this is the group that is uh, is is the most at risk of being homeless or or actually is homeless right now in the state the, this is what the ADU was designed to help solve. And so we don't focus so much on selling the super sexy products to the affluent. We focus right. on addressing
1: how we can provide affordability to people who, who need it the most. Got it. That's great. Um, we actually, wh- one other use case that, so we see a lot, um, at least in the Bay area, which it sounds like is where you guys operate is we're seeing an increasing number of, I guess this is sort of the affluent, uh, people who own their homes, like their neighborhoods, and have had their kids graduated, and now right, like you know, they may have a large, a decent sized lot in Mill valley or you know somewhere in the peninsula. Um, and actually, uh, they want to live in the thousand square foot ADU because you know they're like, I'm sixty five, and it's just me and my wife, or my wife and I, or you know, or yeah, my husband and I. And um, we actually want to rent out the main house. Um, so we've actually seen that increasing. I'm not sure if that's something you get. It sounds like it's not something you guys see a ton. Oh, no, Uh,
0: it's, we see, we see a lot of that. I mean, it, it's, and you know, the first choice in those scenarios is always family members, because as you talk about seniors who who want to age in place, um, they're always constantly concerned about, um, their, um, you know the potential of risk and danger for them. So even having a, a you know a, a non-family member renter in the main house, while it sounds very attractive for income opportunities, it's also a little risky for them. So whenever they can, the, the, you know the decision is often made that you know well I'll move into the ADU and and you know son daughter or, or or somebody takes over the main house. We've also seen siblings do it, where we've seen people you know who are aging and they've decided that. You know, I've got a sister or a brother who's also aging as well, and you know, and and that person may move into the main house, and I'll go into the ADU or or, or something like that. So, it, so it, it still, like I said, remains you know, only twenty percent of the deals that we do are people who are looking at it for strictly for an income scenario where it's not tied to family on the short term. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so uh, one or two more questions before our fire round. Um, and that is like, what, what's kind of scale are you guys at? Um, like how many, uh, like house? I guess ADUs or homes have you built so far? Um, you know, what are your plans going forward? Um,
0: um, I think, I think last year we, we topped out on our, on our total production to date was like over 200. Um, we've got, um, I think we've got like 50 15 or so running right now with about 30 going through design review. And that's uh, the numbers kind of fluctuate. We are anywhere between 15 and 25 in actual build and then anywhere between 20 to upwards of 60 um, going through the, the entitlement process. So it's, it's kind of an ebb and flow thing. Um, Demand on the increase though, with, without a doubt. Um, So
1: getting into that process, what, what is the, what's the, so I have two questions. I guess the first one is what is the timing sort of from beginning of project to end of project in a typical area? And I understand this may vary depending a little bit on the kind of permitting process of the county or city or whatever.
0: It's it's gotten it's gotten a lot more uniform, um, kind of across the whole Bay Area. We we had huge fluctuations on the designing and permitting process. Um, so, I, I, in the early days, we used to quote that as it can be anywhere between two months to six months, you know, getting entitlement. Um, but um, on average now, um, especially with new state laws that we've been pushing, um, you know, there's a there's a sixty day requirement to. Right to issue permits now. So what we, what we've been seeing is um, while a lot of players um, and when I say players, I mean, cities and counties um, do their, do their best to make that a reality. There's just still situations where ebb and flow pushes it beyond that. Um, So it's still on average, it can be between two to worst case scenario, four months on from the time they say they want to go forward and do a plan and submit it to getting permit. Generally speaking, the build process from uh, breaking ground to, you know, t- handing over the keys is, is, is about
1: a 90 day window. Right. Great. Um, and then, um, that's awesome. So you're basically in and out in six months for the most part. Um, and then, uh, in terms of, uh, the, the new laws, uh, so there were a bunch of them and we're still trying to get our head around all of these, um, that were passed, I guess, late, late last fall, but I think most of them went into effect around January, Yep. um right like what do uh what what are the key things that people should understand and are you guys actively building towards them i know some of the details in terms of right like supposedly like you know um uh, right you need like four feet um next to the property lines which is pretty different than state laws no hoa reviews stuff like that but it'd be great to understand kind of what the lay person considering a project should understand
0: well so um I, I I could do a whole interview strictly on legislation because we we're actively involved in everything legislation. So there were six bills passed, and um, there was actually thirteen that we were working on from the beginning of the year. And and I was shocked that actually six of them went through. Um, but you know, the the best way to describe it was that the you know for the most part, the people the people who see this industry think it started in 2017. And that was based on stuff that we started back in 2015 in terms of trying to address major barriers. And we walked it all the way through the legislative process um, in 2016, and it went into effect January 1st, 2017. So if you measure activity and, and growth in this market and everything, it happened back then. And I talked to a lot of people who tell me, oh, I've been in this since the beginning. And I think, wow, I've never, I've never run into you. So you really, you, been back in this since 2003 and and the answer is oh, no 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 2017 and and so we 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 just have a lot of people who who came in at that time but mm-hmm. but this year or last year was a was a big year to tackle just a lot of the little oddities in terms of barriers um, there was there was timing constraints that we wanted to try and remove there's this constant issue with impact fees coming in from you know from not from the city themselves but you know third party entities like. You know, sanitation district, water district, um, parks and rec. Um,
1: and you were, you're referring to the law that waves them for what is it, 750 square feet or less?
0: Yeah, yeah. The goal was to waive them across the board, but the but the compromise was under 750 really should get waived, and above yeah. 750 it should be according to. Um, you know, right, not, in proportion
1: to regular right?
0: Yeah, and so those were some of the barriers. There, there's constantly a little confusion about parking. So there was some more cleanup on that. There's, there's the issue of if, if you're, you know, if you're converting a garage, what, it, what does a garage conversion mean? Did it mean tear down the garage, or did it just mean converting it, meaning that the garage still has to stand? So there's just, there's just a lot of effort to clean up. Um, legislation so that um, so that we can get a little bit more consistency city to city um, rather than have each city have their own interpretation. One of the big things that I think was a big um, a big deal uh, this year was the fact that every city had to turn in their um, their their local ordinance changes to HCD. HCD has the the right to, to review all that and make sure it's in compliance with the the state. Code And if not, give the city an opportunity to make corrections. If the city chooses to stand their ground and say, no, we're not going to make the corrections, then then HCD now has the right to turn it over to um, to the state another division with the state to basically go after a decision whether this is a, a prosecutable offense. So w- what what's really happened is it's, it's an effort to get everybody on board with the idea that we need to solve this housing problem and we need everybody basically acting the same way. So there, there's a lot of things that are behind the scenes that are a little less apparent to the consumer when we talk about legislation, but they're more geared towards leveling the playing field you know, across all jurisdictions and, and, and that's, those are some of the bigger things that, that I like that, you know, that a lot of people just don't understand even people in this industry, quite honestly. Um, And with that, we, you know, we, we've already, started tackling some issues where we're running into cities who haven't, you know, have their interpretation of the state regulations um, that doesn't really comply with our views. So we run them by HCD and HCD is kind of intervened and said, you know, they're either, they're either okay with that or no, we, we think that those um, their, their position doesn't align well with, with state regulations. So uh, there's, there's a ton when you get six bills passed, there's a ton of little things buried in each of those bills. Um, But they're all, they're all worth reading. um, And, and they've all, the way I tell people is this, is that each of those bills has the opportunity to be equal to what happened in 2017. So basically you can say we've had, we literally have six times the barrier reform than what we had in 2017. Um, and, and I think that's just, it's just wonderful for an opportunity to, uh, to make ADUs a, a real viable solution to helping solve the housing crisis.
1: Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, we're seeing a lot of, I, I guess I would say the setback one, um, in particular feels like it's a, at least on the urban lots is enabling a lot of, a lot of yeah. people
0: yeah. coverage was another one, um, lot coverage was one where right, needs, right. It, there's,
1: it, right. there's no far right, exactly.
0: Yeah, and so uh, that you know, that's we we have we have about thirteen projects that we were that we submitted over the last five or six years that were denied. Um, that we've had those customers come back to us and say can I do it now? And so they're back in the, they're back in the loop for projects being submitted now. Um, and, and have already been run by the cities to verify that the, the, the new regulations will allow it now. And, and so, you know, that's, to me, that's proof that, you know, all of this work is, is, is
1: worth the effort. That's awesome. Um, so the sort of, uh, second to last section is just, and we've gone a little longer in this than normal because the content's been awesome, uh, is what we call fire round. So, I sort of fire a bunch of quick questions at you and then if do your best to, you know, answer them in one uh, minute or less. Okay. Uh, all right. So question number one, this is a little meaty. Uh, what are the ways that people finance you to use?
0: A majority of the people out there right now, it's really, we still call it an affluent product because it really comes down to cash on hand or, or equity or something. So, um, like a home you know. equity one. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still seeing that a majority of the customer base out there right now would be considering We consider that affluent uh, because Mm -hmm. they have the resources available. Um, We are, we are seeing more and more players come to the table now on the banking industry with creative funding sources. um, And I think that will continue to expand. It just needed an opportunity to see the market grow for them to realize that they needed to kind of stick their stake in the ground and say, we want a piece of this. So yeah, we're, we're seeing much, much more new funding scenarios come to play. And I think this year will be a whole new array of products from what we're seeing behind the scenes that I can't necessarily talk about right now. Cause we do a lot of one-on-one conversations with big and small banks on prepping and launching product. Um, but we will, we will definitely see a lot more funding solutions.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately and I, I, I'm involved with a few things as well here, um, most of the stuff i've seen which is which has been some form of like kind of like equity share and unfortunately farther away from like a construction loan um i haven't really seen it get to scale unfortunately so that would be awesome if that stuff did I'm going to uh, say
0: something that's going to piss those guys off because we, we do a lot of talk with them and working things out. But um, And there's a couple of companies that I really like and we're doing business with right now. Yeah. But I'll tell you that, that they, they run a high risk of being uh, predatory. And and so we have kind of steered clear from a lot of potential relationships with organizations doing that because we just don't want to be participating in something that could evolve into that. But to answer to your question, there are a lot of scenarios that we're working on now that right. aren't equity share scenarios. Mm-hmm. That's good, cool.
1: um, And then, okay. So uh, site assessment. Um, so what are the things you, you look at um, to try to understand the feasibility, ability, right? And if I'm on an extremely sloped lot and say Mill Valley and Marin or, you know, Berkeley or Oakland um, can that work with you guys or yeah. Well, how do you evaluate that?
0: We've over the years, we we've drifted further and further away from that. Um, and, and, and really have been, you know, Going down the path of we really have to focus on who we are and who we serve. And, and when we get into those scenarios, um, those are the scenarios that fit best mostly with working with an architect and, and, and doing a creative one-off solution. So um, unless it, unless it can be graded to a a, um, a a flat location for the ADU to reside, we or, or sloped well enough that we can do it as foundations simply, um, we tend to st- steer clear of those. They're just they, they end up running into the more higher dollar and uh, higher end solutions. And and there's just a there's another there's another resource pool who caters to that much better than we do in terms of
1: higher volume high production product. Got it. Um, uh, one of the things that we get a lot of interest in, um, and I think is actually mandatory on single family homes is sort of solar and zero net energy solutions. Do you do many of these, um, zero net energy? And by these, I mean it is. We,
0: um, I, I, we played on this on, on both sides. I do, I do big modular homes and right now I'm doing a 4,000 plus square foot home on top of a mountain in, in, new Almaden that is completely off the grid. So, um, yeah, I mean, to us, it's never been a scary topic. Um, now it's just a code requirement under title 24. So, um, it is, it's, it's, it's just another, it's just another component, component of the process, um, for efficiency, um, energy efficiency that, um, that, you know,
1: people are new to have to adapt to, but it's, it's not anything, you know, new or scary to us. And is that true for ADUs or only for, uh, Single-family homes.
0: It's true for ADUs, but there's a question of interpretation. And ADUs are are really technically by by how it's been interpreted by the energy code considered to be um, single new single-family homes under the the guidelines. If they are detached units, new construction, attached new uh, attached units, new construction still fall under that that perception of being an addition. So under those guidelines a junior ADU or or a, a right. say 50 50 carve out where you're carving out space from the house and then yep. adding on those are still considered additions and they're not triggering
1: the same uh, requirement coming out of the title 24 uh, calculations right. So it sounds like you're just doing solar with everything. Then it's, that's a
0: it's. I mean, we can we can we can do it with whatever with whatever people want. But in terms of mandatory, it's the detached units, and we do both attached and detached. So it it it's um, we we do
1: we do them both. So I didn't realize. So you guys are doing additions as well, um, yeah. to some Got it. Um, that's awesome. Um, let's see. Um, and yeah, do you end up and then from a code perspective, uh, do you end up ever doing these sort of smaller homes as primary residences?
0: Um that's that's an interesting question. Um we we uh because we do what we do and we've been doing it for so long, we get a lot of people who approach us with the idea that um the the spatial layouts and the efficiency that we have is somewhat unmatched by anything else they see. So as they think about building a house in in a smaller scale, it fairly
1: affordable for the Bay Area as well.
0: Yeah, and so we we do we actually do build smaller homes for people that that fit under the guidelines of everything we do with an ADU but it actually is the primary residence
1: and is the permitting process for that very different
0: it is i mean it it when we're not doing an ADU application you fall under the guidelines of just a conventional uh new single family home application so it it opens up the door for a lot more discretionary review and 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 other things associated with that um but but then again, the size and 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 the cities, um, and the counties, you know, knowledge of ADUs now um, make it a lot easier than what it would have been, you know, five or even ten years ago doing that same exact thing. So it, it's everything kind of across the board has gotten a little bit more efficient in terms of streamlining through municipalities.
1: Um, awesome! Thank you so much for answering these questions. Final question. Um, I ask this to everyone at the end of these. Uh, what are you most excited about um, for your company or for the industry in the near future?
0: Um, I, I touched lightly on it. Um, we're, we're we're not focused on, um, you know, at this point, catering to the affluent and their and their desires for super opulent, sexy products. Um, we are focusing on how do we help solve the housing problem. And and so the more production we're doing and the more interaction we're having with cities um, are allowing us to have a greater reach into that area. So it feels good to be doing something that is desperately needed. And the idea of maybe someday evolving into being the answer to the housing crisis is something that we're striving for. So that's what kind of keeps me plugging away with everything that we're doing legislative wise and Casita coalition and on and on and on and on. Um, But every day we get to see how that impacts people and that, and that feels really, really good. Um, And so that's, that's what, that's what we enjoy the most.
1: Great. That's definitely laudable and definitely something uh, we are, very supportive of um thanks again steve uh for more information about prefab adu uh prefabadu.com, i guess is probably the best place to go um and uh yeah to <laughs> read about all sorts of companies um in the space you know you can always visit us at prefabreview.com um thanks again steve we really appreciate the time
0: absolutely I th- thank you for the opportunity to uh to answer questions
1: thanks again